Okay, so let me, at the outset, give a little disclaimer if you hear voices in the background. I'm uh, kind of around my kids, but hopefully um, this will be a cohesive thought. I was struck by two different teachings. One is the teaching that we begin Pirkei Avos with. We say, We are a nation that is purely, completely, entirely filled with righteous people, with tzaddikim shenemar, like we say, all of Israel has a portion, a portion, a part of Olam Haba. Juxtaposed against this teaching is what Korach complains to Moshe Rabbeinu about. And the words that he says is, Rav Lachem, ki kol kulam kedoshim, the Jewish people are filled completely. Kulam, again the word kulam, amech kulam tzaddikim, kol ha'eda kulam kedoshim. This is a nation that is filled with holy people. Ubesoicham Hashem, and in the midst of them is Hashem. One of these psukim, amech kulam tzaddikim, that is a trope that is beyond the trope. It's an idea that sits at the very core and the very essence of the existence of the Jewish people. Atem kriyam adam, the Gemara says, that Hashem says that you are called adam. Of all the creatures that have been created, even within humanity, the personification of adam arishan, the personification of the Kabbalistic concept of adam kadmain, you, Kal Yisrael, are called adam. B'ni B'chari Yisrael, you are my children, Banim Atem, you are my children. You are not just my children, you are my B'chor, you are my firstborn, my choicest one, the chosen one, the Amen Nivchar. Amech Kulun Tzadikim, that is a, an idea that sits at the very core of our understanding of what it means to be a Jew. And yet, when Kairach stands up and says, Kol Ha'eda Kulam Kedoshim, he is considered to be a uh, propagator of Machlaikas. His challenge seems to be taken so far that the earth opens her mouth, swallows her up, and devours him. So, what is this difference? What is this difference between Amech Kulam Tzadikim and Kol Ha'eda Kulam Kedoshim? What is the difference between these two? So in order to do this, let's go through one or two distinctions and see if we can put together somewhat of a cohesive understanding. I think this is, in many ways, needs to be developed, perhaps even for an entirety of a book, but certainly an idea for us in our own lives. To understand the difference between Amit Kulam Sadiqim and Kala'id Kulam Kedashim. So... We begin with understanding the importance of the feminine and the importance of the masculine. Let's say it like this. The feminine is that which is essence. The feminine is that which is being. The feminine is the essential existence of anything within which all things grow, within which all things are contained, 
within which all things are held and within which all things originate from. In other words, the feminine, the energy of the feminine, is that which is the source of, of a thing. The earth is always considered to be the feminine. Shemayim, heaven, sends rain down. Heaven sends Shefa down and fertilizes the earth. And the earth grows. But before the earth produces anything, things need to cook. Things need to germinate. Things need to spend its time cooking. Now, certainly in the world today, the arguments about abortion are live and well. And so much of the question boils down to our understanding of what a fetus is. Is a fetus essentially something that has the potential to turn into life? Or is a fetus itself human life? And I think this is a, a real important question. Because the Jewish perspective, the perspective that we would like to hone in on, is that the fetus is not valuable simply because it has the capacity to turn into human life. The fetus is a living organism. The fetus is holy. The holiness of the fetus is not valued or determined by what it might produce. The holiness of a fetus, the value of a fetus, what matters about a fetus is that it is life. It itself is essentially life. And the way we value life is not determined based on what we do with it. The way we value life is the way we understand that all life has within it the soul of God. That all life itself is precious and beautiful and holy because the definition of life is that life itself has God's energy blown into it. And so that the beauty of earth itself is not what it can produce. The beauty of earth itself is that which is earth. Earth itself is beautiful and valuable and matters in its own right as an existence of its own. And that beauty comes from the simple belief that we have. That beauty itself is defined by the simple belief that we have that Everything is a creation. God took it within his own mind to create this and to create that. And so something that is created by Hashem in and of itself has the beauty of Hashem, has the trademark, has the symbol, has the, the logo of Hashem imprinted on its existence. The beauty of a thing is defined by its being a, create, a creature, a creation of God. Why do humans exist? As we've said many times, why do humans exist? Human exists because humanity is an expression of God's love. There is no why. Why begets some kind of intellectual or rational explanation. The existence of humanity is the existence of a creature that was created out of love. Hashem's interest of having, God's interest in having a human being exist so that he can look at 
and fall in love with over and over again every second. What is my existence? My existence is an aspect of love. That is what I am. It is not that I am loved by God from a distance for some purpose, but it is I am loved by God as an expression in and of itself of God's love. This is the aspect of femininity. This is the aspect of beauty. This is the aspect of being. That which is, is holy by dint of the fact that it is. That feminine energy, which of course has the capacity to give birth, but that feminine energy is holy in and of itself. Isha yiras Hashem hitasal. Shekar hachein vehevelayofi. Isha yiras Hashem hitasal. Beauty is false, and chain is empty, charm is empty. But a, but a woman who is, to, who is a fearful of God, he tisalo, as the, the grub points out, she elevates the beauty and her chain, she elevates her beauty and her charm through fearing God. Yiras Hashem, the capacity to see that my existence is, a, is of a creature, of God, of a creation of God. That capacity to experience myself as being a creation of God elevates my beauty, elevates my charm. To say it deeper, that is what my charm is. To see that I'm a creature, creation of God. Okay, so that's the feminine. And of course, out of the feminine is the masculine. Because once that woman gives birth, once the feminine gives birth, now we transition from the state of being to a state of becoming. And to be in a state of becoming means to recognize potential, to recognize the capacity for growth, to recognize the capacity for manifestation, influence, change, build something, grow something, become something. That energy, which would be symbolized by an arrow pointing in a direction, that capacity to get up and move, to make a choice, to make a choice, every choice that we make is an act of becoming. Because every choice means that I've chosen a direction. And all direction leads to a state of becoming. Rabbi Nachman and Lukutim Iran, Ois Nundalad, Simon Nundalad, I should say, in the 54th piece, in his 54th essay, Rabbi Nachman says that when a person wakes up in the morning, the first thing he should do is remind himself of the Alma Da'asi, of the world to come. In other words, the second I wake up to remind myself that there is a state of becoming, there is something for me to become, there is something for me to influence in this world, there's something for me to do, there's something for me to bring into fruition. There's something that is meant for me to manifest in this world. So Rabbi Nachman says, the person has to remember the world to come, which is, of course, a beautiful, uh, complex paradox. To remember usually means to go backwards. And to look forwards, to or to become, means to look forward. But in Rabbi Nachman's way, what he's trying to teach us is we need to always remember the masculine state of becoming. Because in masculinity, it is all about what we can build. In masculinity, it is all about what we can bring from a state of being. 
into a state of becoming. Manifest yourself. Do something. Become something. Now, the Western world certainly has taken upon itself I don't like the phrase toxic masculinity, but certainly has become completely, completely obsessed with masculinity. I, I dare say the Ashkenazic uh, philosophy over the centuries have been very much about the Olam HaSiyah, that everything about the Torah is about Lamaisa, what you can do, what you can bring to fruition, what you can act on. That's the most important thing. And in some ways, We've abused that because what we've done is we've essentially say, said that the only thing that matters is what you can do. And hence the mental health crisis that many of us uh, have witnessed, which is the only thing that matters is what you can do. And if you don't know how to be in a state of becoming, the problem with that, of course, is that you're never enough because there's always more to do. Now, why is that? How does that happen? So in our way, what we'll say is, if a person does not master being, then they'll never, they'll never get to a state of becoming. Because if becoming doesn't have any being in it, then I'm never enough. If I can never experience the beauty of what I am, I can never bring into fruition that which I meant to be. If I don't feel within myself the beauty of my own soul, if I'm not capable of knowing that I matter, then I will never do enough. I will never be able to do enough. And I will chase all of the actions and all of tangible reality into oblivion, chasing more and more and more, wanting to do more and thinking I need to do more. And in many ways, building more and more and more. But inside, everything is lost. Because you really need to have these two things. You need to have being, the feminine sense of I matter, my beauty, my chen, is tishalal, is elevated, is praiseworthy. My beauty is defined by the fact that I'm a creature of God. And I need to move from there into the masculinity of growth, into the masculinity of becoming, of doing, of building, of manifesting my own potential into this world, into influencing and doing for others, and to have the arrow that points outside myself into what I might become. So let's go back a step. Kol Kulam Kedoshim says Kairach, you know, everyone in Kalal Yisrael is Kadosh. Amech Kulam Tzadikim, everyone is Kadosh. Kairach's Machloikis, Kairach's problem, was that he didn't like the hierarchies that existed in the world. All the Mepharshim seem to explain, certainly the Bali Chassidus, the, the Shvarim HaKadoshim point out, that Kairach wanted to argue against all hierarchy. What is so special about the Jewish people? The Jewish people aren't any more special than the rest of the world. Yeah, maybe the Jewish people were given some way of becoming closer to God. But any guy, any person, any human being has the capacity to be holy. 
everyone has the capacity to do what everyone else has the capacity to do. Essentially, Kairach wanted to argue in a particularly woke way. He wanted to argue that every single thing that a person might do is holy. There is no need to look at hierarchies. There's no need to look at priority. Simply just recognize that what you think corporal reality is, is the way it is. There is no need to transform. There is no need to be masculine. There is no need to think about or contemplate what might be in the future. If you feel something today, manifest it, because that's holy. Essentially, Kairach wanted a world in which no one earned anything, or no one was trapped by their de- the definitions of where they're born. No one is trapped by the definitions of what their character traits might be like. Nobody is limited by their gender. Nobody is limited by their religion. Every aspect of reality is holy, and therefore nothing needs to be transformed, nothing needs to become, nothing needs to grow. Everything in and of itself is holy. In effect, what Karach wanted to do was to return the world away from masculinity and embrace femininity, which in many ways is what we see happening in the world today. In many ways, there's a real need for that. There is a real, real need for us to let go of the reins of this obsession we have with doing and return to a state of being. But of course, the problem with Kairach is you can't take away the importance of transformation. You can't lean into the femininity and reject everything that we can come up with regarding the need for me to do my job and the need for you to do your job. I can't be a better accountant than you because I'm not an accountant. And you can't be a better therapist than me because you're not a therapist. I can't be a better woman than you because I'm not a woman. And you can't be a better man than me because you're not a man. I can't be a better Kayan than you because I'm not a Kayan. And you can't be a better Levy than me because you're not a Levy. The feminine knows full well that a person who attempts to embrace femininity, which is a state of being, and is not capable of drawing from a state of femininity and birthing into a world of masculinity, into a world of becoming, of development, of growth, a person that's not willing to put in the hard work of process, of self-reflection, a person who's not willing to allow his impulsive thoughts, the space to transform into something that is greater than impulse, a person who's not willing to let things cook for the sake of becoming something more than what meets the eye, the feminine knows that any person 
that wants to just remain in the comforts of being without any process, a fetus that wants to remain inside the womb without any capacity for birth, without any capacity for becoming, the feminine knows that that's not going to work. And so the feminine devours those who attempt to reject the hard work of discernment, who cling too closely to her being and reject the masculine state of becoming. And so what happened to Karach is the earth, which is the feminine, reversed herself. And instead of opening her mouth to deliver and birth, she opened her mouth, swallowed, and devoured. Sometimes there's this lazy spiritual fantasy that we have that we don't need to tune into the process, the patience of hard work, the unfolding of manifestation, and the ability to stick with it till we get to a point where we can actually do and build something. Sometimes we get spiritually lazy, feeling as if we cannot do much, but that our job is simply to feel and exist and experience. Sometimes we fall prey to Karach's thinking. Hierarchies are platforms from which we discern and choose, from which we transform and become. Karach wasn't punished. Karach's end was the natural consequence of trying to cling too much to the feminine. His philosophy of Eid Kulam Kedashim is a philosophy of rejecting the process that is needed to build Kedusha. Amech Kulam Tzadikim is the feminine. Kol Kulam Kedashim is the masculine. Of course, when Mashiach comes, there will be a full expression. There will be a full integration of being and becoming. There will be a full integration of the masculine and the feminine to that point of Kol Kulam Kedashim when every human being will be fully manifested and every human being will have the capacity to bring the world and elevate the world to its truest, full, manifested nature. But that's not true today. Every one of us has to put our own work in. Every one of us has to figure out ways of moving from a state of being and into a state of becoming. And of course, to remember, that we can never lose sight of the state of being, of Amech Kulam Tzadikim. We truly are a nation of Tzadikim. The Tzidkus of Kol Yisrael Yeshlehem Chelek Lailam Haba is the feminine, and the Kedusha of Kol Kulam Kedashim is the masculine. It is true, our world today is one that is broken. It is one that is fractured. It is one that is missing. And in all of those dark places, we have the capacity to find the logo that has our name on it. Because in every empty space, there's an invitation for me to step up, to step in, to do something, to manifest something. Whether it's a gap within myself or it's a gap I see in the world. That act of our own creation, that act of our own development, of manifestation, of growth. That act is the greatest kadosh, kedusha, 
holiness that we can manifest in this world. That's what you and I do every day when we wake up. That's what Rabbi Nachman is teaching us. The second we wake up, we should remember the Alma Da'asi, the world of becoming, the world of what's next, the world of what's possible. That's an attitude for each and every one of us in how we approach our lives. And of course, never to forget the Isha Yiras Hashem Hitesalo, that my Yofi, my beauty, and my Chain is one that is characterized by the Tzidkus of Amech Kulam Tzadikim, by the Tzidkus, by the pure, simple nature of being a creation of God. And so may each and every one of us have our own capacity to integrate our sense of being with our sense of becoming our own masculinity into our own femininity and our own femininity into our masculinity. And with that, we should be zechat to a time that Karach's message is true, that Karach's message is manifested. May we find peace in our own lives, peace in our relationships, wholeness, beauty, menuchas and good things.